Hey listeners. In our podcast, we tell stories of true crime and hauntings, and these stories can sometimes contain gruesome and explicit details. This podcast is not intended for listeners who may not want to listen to the graphic description of true crime events. It may cause triggers. Our hosts are by no means experts on any subject matter they discuss. They're just two friends telling you true stories from our home in the Pacific Northwest. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Or don't. That's okay, too. Okay. Delete all that. <laughs> Welcome back to Radio Face Stories. Or maybe this is the first time you're here. So welcome. Welcome. Right? Thanks for joining us. They could be new. That's right. This is a true crime podcast and we tell these stories. <laughs> <laughs> true Canadian crime stories. Do you stories. want to try all that again? No. Okay. You try it better. What part? The whole thing. Okay. <clears throat> Right from the beginning? No, just what What Everybody are we doing knows. Here? We all know. What if this is a first-timer, like you said? Oh, right. Howdy, first-timer. So this is a true crime comedy podcast where it's sort of funny, and it's sort of good story researching, but not a lot. No. No. We're not professionals, but right. we love true crime. I think we start again. Okay. So we're trying way too hard here. <laughs> okay. This is Radio Face Stories. We're going to tell you some stories tonight. Can I just start with a question or something? Sure. <laughs> go, go ahead. Uh, happy Tuesday. Oh, yeah. How are you doing this fine Tuesday? I'm doing wonderful. That's good. I love Tuesdays. This has been the hottest recorded Tuesday in Canadian history. <laughs> Absolutely. It is hot, actually. Mm-hmm. Very hot. That's um, fine, though. But I keep it at a very chilled 68 in the house. I like it to be sweater weather inside. Oh, that's nice. I don't you like You can being control hot. the temperature that well? Yeah. Well, AC, it's called AC, air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> I don't new. have that luxury. It's not new. But yes, I like it to be very chilly. Do you wear a sweater? I'd like to be wearing a sweater, but it's, it's still not that cold yet. Oh, okay. I have a question for you. Go ahead. If you punch yourself in the face and it hurts, does that make you weak or strong? <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about this for a bit. Well, it's always going to hurt. I think that... I don't quest- know. I, I can think punch the- you really gently. I think the question is, do you show pain? Or not. Because that would make you weak or strong. Yeah, but no, it either hurts or it doesn't, whether you show the pain or not. It's always going to hurt when you get punched in the face. Not if you're a super-duper tough hero. It doesn't hurt. You like a, like a Marvel hero? Because those are made up. <laughs> I don't know. Just answer the damn question. Yeah, it hurts. Okay. What, what was the question? <laughs> really? You need it again? Same question? Yeah, what was it again? If you punch yourself in the face... And it hurts, does it make if you, you weak or strong? If you punch yourself in the face, you're an idiot. <laughs> yes. End scene. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was kind of a weird way to start, but there it is. I'm Kezia. I'm Darla. Um, okay, I would like to start off with, we're going back to mugs here. <laughs> we actually had a friend write in, a listener. A podcast friend. Chelsea. So Chelsea had counted her mugs. She has nine, nine mugs. Weak. She said 11 if you count the ones that are soup bowls that look like mugs, which you also have that I didn't count. Okay, so, so you don't count those. So we don't. So there's nine. 
Um, no, you know what, though? You probably should count those because I put soup in mugs all the time. Not even the soup bowl you, that looks like a mug. I put soup in just regular mugs. But do you put coffee in soup mugs? No, that's fucking weird. So then no, yeah, that's it wouldn't count. That. Okay. They wouldn't count. All right. um, so then I had asked her, okay, so is 62 mugs excessive? And she said, yes, I think it is. Sorry, Darla. Why is everybody judging you like no, that? It's, we're not judging this and then then she sent me this her husband matt um he has a, a ridiculous amount of t-shirts and she counted them and he has over 80 t-shirts eight is eight zero eight zero that's too many that's, that's too many that's what i said that's excessive um she said it's a problem what else did she like, say did, did they all have sentimental value did he get them from, from somewhere cool no i think so she said that's why i counted them in the first place because it was like you have way too many shirts <laughs> and you only wear five of them <laughs> and she took some pictures most of them are hanging and then ones that he actually wears are in the basket I like this. We're just going to like out all of our family and well, friends for the weird shit that they I have. I was thinking that we should maybe make this a segment. Like, what do you have an excessive amount of? Please share. All right. I like it. We had actually someone comment on our Facebook as well. It says, okay, I counted my mugs and I have 16 mugs, including seasonal mugs. I think the most important ratio is mugs to wine glass, wine glasses. I have 23 wine glasses. I mean, that brings up a really good fact, a good, I mean, point. What's more important to you? Coffee or wine? Coffee or wine. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think about how many wine glasses I have, and I have maybe 10. My, so you've got more wine glasses than I do, and my problem is I break all my wine glasses, so I I probably have three. I have a couple tumblers, but then I only have, like, three wine glasses. You know what? I feel like no one gives a shit about this. (laughs) Why are we getting into this? Well, you know, you never know. You never know. People could start thinking about what they have a lot of, and this it could be really funny. But thank you, Chelsea, for sharing. And I love that your husband has an excessive amount of shirts. He sounds like a weirdo. I'd like him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have a visitor in our pod lab today. Uh, she's a very close friend of mine. Her name is Maya. Hi, Maya. She says hi. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> she's drawing some photos of us while we do this. I will post. A f- she's very artistic. <laughs> Pregnant me is very beautiful. It's very nice. We'll share that later. Oh, did we have any movie recommendations? We watched a documentary. It's actually quite popular, so I'm sure some of you guys have already watched it. It's called The Girl in the Picture. Yes. It was very, very good. It was really good. Um, So I don't want no spoilers on this one. Let them watch that. No spoilers. I still had some questions at the end of it um, that I felt were unanswered. But other than that, it was a really good documentary it was really well made maybe just skip this if you don't want to hear it uh so basically this girl this lady was found at the on the side of the road and it looked like she'd been hit by a car but really she'd just been beaten to death and her husband came to the hospital and he was an older guy and then he actually turned out to be her dad and she had a child that wasn't with that with him oh god it's a mess it's a mess and And she's not yeah she's not who she is reported to be and neither is he and it's just a crazy yeah, so story basically just goes back in time to try to find out who she is um but the questions that i had were who were the fathers to all she, she gave three, birth to children. three children yeah that still bugs me so if anyone why would anyone know that were you gonna well, ask maybe if anybody knows that? 
<laughs> if they well, had, I was. Into, they had the FBI, they had the FBI on this. They had, and you think someone randomly listened to our podcast no, is going to have the answer? Maybe they did some more digging, and because the, they were also Bud. curious. Bud. Maybe. <laughs> I hope someone proves me wrong. I was like an idiot. Um, I'm sure you could Google it. If I can Google it, then it would have been in the documentary, don't you think? Why would they leave that unknown? Because they don't know. Maybe <sighs> she got pregnant and she never told anybody who the dad was. And so the dad never knew. It was in high school, the first one. It's weird that he even allowed it, though, because he seemed really controlling. I don't know. It's a crazy Anyways, story. Please watch it. Yeah, it's great. I would give it two thumbs up. As would I. Did you know that watching um, scary movies can burn up to 200 calories? Really? Yes. Because it elevates your heart rate? I suppose. I didn't look beyond the, the fact, but... I just think that's good. That's So when we watch our movies every night, our scary movies, we're working out. That's amazing. Yep. We should try to get like three in a night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then wake up early and watch one in the morning. Yeah. Two, two days, right? Yeah. That's like, like, like six an to 800 calories that you don't even have to work for. Also, an average person walks past 36 murderers in their lifetime. No. I thought it would be higher. Higher? Yeah, I did. That's still a lot. There. 36 people? You probably walk past 36 people one day in the grocery store. Yeah. I thought it'd be higher. I think there's a lot of fucking weirdos out there. That was that that, You just mastered your mom face. That was really good. I was scared. Um, seeing we have a guest here, I thought we could maybe bring back a quick game of rock, paper, scissors, but rock, paper, snacks. Ooh. And okay. And she can vote. She can vote for the winner? Yes. Let's do it. Ready? Yeah. Rock, paper, potato All chips. chips. It's a tie. It's a tie. We don't it's need you for this one. Chips? Yeah. And I said all dressed chips. And all dressed ones because basic potato chips aren't as good. I didn't mean plain. Oh. Okay, let's start again. Ready? New Be one. more specific then. Okay, I'm sorry. My bad. Or is it any snack? Okay, ready? Rock, Rock paper, paper, cracker, popcorn. and cheese. Popcorn. Fuck. If, if it's movie theater, popcorn. She okay. didn't. Oh, be more specific. <laughs> Rock, <laughs> paper, paper, pickles. Oh. <laughs> and, and the game is over. Scene. That was amazing. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> I love pickles. Who okay. doesn't? I'm sorry. Who doesn't? If you don't like pickles, well, get out of here. You either love them or you That's hate a good them. question. Do you love pickles? I love pickles. I love pickles. We're gonna we'll ask everybody. Yeah. A listener wrote to a, wrote us a message about last week uh, last week's episode. A friend of theirs lived on the same street as the Bohan family. And was part of the group that searched for Casey when she went missing. They also said that they remember the family seeming a little dysfunctional. I guess they lived close enough to like wow. know them. And there's also a theory that they that they'd heard a family member had came and took Casey somewhere up north. What? Away from the family. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really cool. But I also wonder why wouldn't like they left other children behind? Right. This the second child was. That's all, is her sister, like that they're the same father. Right. So they, why would they just take one child? Maybe they only had the opportunity to take one. Maybe. That's, That's pretty wild. messed up, though. Interesting, hey? Very interesting. I like that. Um, the children had mentioned something about a Peppa Pig conspiracy the last time I was here. Are we, doing, then, are we doing this? You're going to go there? I'm going to go there because I just looked it up because Maya had mentioned it again. So according to wait, does anybody even know what Peppa Pig is? Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of people. My kids are obsessed with Peppa Pig YouTube videos, which aren't actually like the Peppa Pig original preschooler cartoon. It's like people make jokes about it on YouTube. So, but okay, but the original Peppa Pig is a kid show. It's like a preschooler. 
Yeah. If you have cartoon. kids or nieces and nephews, and you'll know what that garbage know. is. All right. Um, so according to Anime Geek Zero Zero's theory, <laughs> all of the Peppa Pig characters are reincarnated dead people. The fuck? From a synchrospheric grandma pig to a euthanized Peppa Pig, this story is highly disturbing. Peppa was never a healthy child. She was usually ill and spent her short life in a hospital bed. Where the where is he getting this? You realize she's a cartoon pig. She's not even a child. What is he talking about? I don't know. And then the nut there. So these are questions on Google. What is the true story behind Peppa Pig? According to the Wattpad writer Yuki Suzuki. <laughs> That doesn't sound real, but okay, continue. <laughs> the real-life inspiration behind Peppa Pig was a little girl of the same name who had a tragic death at the hands of her parents. The, the story describes similar and unfortunate backstories of other characters in the show. It's kind of dark. Okay, but this one, <laughs> this one's the icing on the cake. <laughs> Does Peppa Pig have a dark side is the question. The dark side of Peppa Pig is a story of an unidentified pig who was having sex with many objects. She had also sex with a pickle. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about right now? The pig is, the pig is female. I can't unlike believe you're reading this. Unlike all other this. pigs, she has her tail hidden by magic. <laughs> what? The list, the questions go on. Why is Peppa Pig controversial? Why did Peppa Pig get canceled? Why are you still reading this? I, this is my question. I was intrigued. That's, it's, it's, it's just <laughs> she like. She had sex with a pickle. <laughs> we oh were just talking God. about pickles. It's relevant. Okay, I'm done here. I'm done. Papa, we're done. <laughs> All right. Back to you, Dar. <laughs> I'm also done. Do you have a story for us tonight? I it is do, your turn. actually. So I hope it wasn't that one, the Peppa Pig. That was not That okay. was my well-researched <laughs> journalism. Just actively reading off Google. Um, before we start, let's take a commercial break. We'd like to give a shout out to our listener, Chelsea. She's been sharing facts and stories since the beginning. Thank you, Chelsea. This episode is sponsored by Mickey Mouse Slaughterhouse. Come inside, there's cheese inside. Thank you, bye. How was your break? My break was good. Is that what you're, <laughs> you're asking me? <laughs> good, thanks, guys. How, were you? How was yours? It was great. All right. You um, always have really nice smelling soap in your bathrooms. Mm, that's um, my, what was that one? Cherry blossom something. Yeah. Japanese cherry blossom. Oh. It's the best smell. It smells wonderful. From bed, what is it called? Bath and Beyond. That's Bed, Bath and Beyond? No, that's not right. Bed, Bath and Beyond, yeah. No, Bath and Body Works. Bed, Bath and Body Works? <laughs> bed, baths, and all the works. <laughs> ba is it Bed, Bath and Body Works? No, it's just Bath and Body Works. And then there's Bed, Bath, and Beyond. They're two different stores. Okay. Okay, this is the story of Elizabeth Wetlaufer. Have you heard about her? I'm sorry. Did, did you make up her last name? What's her last name? Wetlaufer. Wetlaufer? Wetlaufer. Okay. No, W-E-T-T-L-A-U-F-E-R. No, I haven't heard of her. I think I'd remember that name. Well, I'll tell you about her. Okay, great. Elizabeth Wetlaufer is a convicted Canadian serial killer. She's not your average serial killer, though. And she finally turned herself into the police and confessed to murdering eight senior citizens Ooh. and attempting to murder six others. 
in Ontario between 2007 and 2016. Oh, is she a nurse? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yep. She was said to be one of Canada's worst serial killers. This is her story. So she was born, Elizabeth Parker, in 1967 in Zora Township. It's a rural community near Woodstock, Ontario. She grew up in a very religious Baptist household, and her parents, Doug and Hazel, were said to be very strict and controlling. She was described as being a shy and awkward kid and was bullied in school. She had struggled with her sexuality as a teenager, and it seemed that no one had shown any interest in her. So that was very upsetting to her. Her wanting to be gay made her parents upset. You know, being religious and whatnot. Her dad described it as an abomination in the eyes of God. Right. One of those old stories. One of those old stories. Sounds like a nice uh, home to live in. She had an interest in studying journalism, and she ended up going to London Baptist College, and she got a bachelor's degree in religious education counseling. It seemed that she wanted to help people who struggled in school like she did, so she wanted to be a school guidance counselor. So it seems like things are going on the right path at this point. Yeah. Like, I think... You know, like just her intentions seemed her, exactly. Her intentions seemed good, but apparently, her father attended classes at the college so that he could keep an eye on her. Oh, what a psycho! Right. So during this time, she'd still been struggling with her sexuality and wanting to date women, and I guess she attended a gay-friendly church, which I didn't know was a thing. It must have been fairly new, I think. Yeah, but so she got caught with a, a woman at this church and caught by, by her dad. by her dad okay and so her parents were livid and they decided it was best for her to do conversion therapy how old is she at this point do we know she's in college so, so she's an adult yeah she's she she's to, old enough to make she her needs own decisions to leave. i guess it's easier said than done but man oh man yeah i don't know i don't know what the out is there so conversion therapy is a pseudoscientific practice of attempting to change an individual's sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression to align with heterosexual norms. They now use counseling, visualization, social skills training, psychoantic therapy, and spiritual interventions. But back in the day, it was a lot more extreme. They would use, like, shock therapy and shit like that. Jesus. And I believe in one of the podcasts I was listening to, it's only banned in two provinces in Canada. Really? So they're still doing it in the majority of That's the provinces. That's really not okay. I know. Are we not better than this now? That's what <laughs> I thought. So it's seriously harmful and ineffective. I think we know better. Like, don't we? Yeah, that's that's blows my mind. I mean, I don't know if parents are still m- making their children do it because I think parents they must are becoming if they're a lot still more around. Conscious, yeah. But I don't know. I don't really know the details. Sad. It is sad. It's said that to this day, her mother is still in denial that her daughter's gay. So she just <laughs> wouldn't that's accept what, it. That's what's the most important here now. Yeah. Not like okay, maybe she's a serial killer, but she isn't gay. Don't worry. Just so you guys know, <laughs> it's awful. So this caused a lot of self-hatred and doubt for her. No shit. Which is really sad. Then she went on to study nursing at Conestoga College. She had gotten her counseling degree but decided that it wasn't really for her. So she graduated nursing school in 1995. At church, she met Donnie, 
Donnie Wetlawford. I keep wanting to say wet flower, but because <laughs> how it's spelled. I think a wet loafer. <laughs> wet loafer, gross. He was a truck driver. They got they got married. I don't know if they were in love, but I think her parents were happy about this. So maybe after this, they left her, be, let her be. Mm, yep. She started going to therapy then, and around this time, she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Probably from all the trauma that her parents put her through. Yes. I think there has been studies done on this conversion therapy that it causes a lot of, you know, mental health health issues. I mean, trying to imagine going through that, it would. And I think, yeah, she was very angry because she couldn't really be herself. She was working as a nurse at this point and began to start stealing medications, pain medications, and started using and she'd also started um, using alcohol and became a, a bit of an alcoholic. This was just how she coped, I guess. And she was very unhappy. She started online dating women, and eventually one relationship blossomed. And Donnie found out about this and wasn't too happy and then filed for divorce. So they got divorced. She started dating this woman. She kept their last name, but she had later moved in with her new love, Sheila, Sheila Andrews, and they got married. Elizabeth then got a job at a long-term care home called Carescent Care, retirement and care facility for old people. This is where she began her uh, downward spiral, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. This is so sad. It's very sad. So her method of killing was insulin. So for those of you that don't know what insulin is, it's a hormone created by your pancreas that controls the amount of glucose in your bloodstream at any given moment. So a lack of insulin causes a form of diabetes. So insulin's often used to regulate blood sugars in diabetics. It lowers the levels of your glucose in the blood by helping glucose enter the body's cells. So an overdose of this is toxic essentially. And there was a lot of diabetics at the nursing home. So her first victim was James Silcox. He was an 84-year-old World War II veteran and father of six children. Oh. On August 11th, 2007, she told Sheila, her wife, what she had done. But her wife didn't seem to see it as a problem and was like, well, you probably shouldn't do that. What? <laughs> she basically confessed to killing someone. And she's like, eh, don't do that again, yeah, okay? Like, don't do that again. Sheila would later leave Elizabeth, which made her more bitter and angry. So I think she was just prone to mood swings and like t- temper tantrums and stuff. And is that part of BPD, the, the bipolar too? Yeah, I think yeah. yeah. And she was just she was just angry, and she was obviously starting to take her anger out on these old people. From 2007 to 2014, Elizabeth killed six more elderly patients. Maurice Granat, age 84, Gladys Millard, age 87, Helen Matheson, 95, Mary Zerwinski, 96, Helen Young, 90, and Maureen Pickering, 79. She would use anywhere from 50 to 100 units of stolen insulin 
and inject them into these helpless victims. So she apparently would at night go and steal the insulin. And then when she was injecting them, she would just tell them it was vitamins. And they never questioned it. It's because they trusted her. They trusted her. And I think a lot of them, they didn't die like immediately. Some of them would die the next day or a couple days later. So it was kind of like a slow process. And it wasn't tracked. Insulin wasn't tracked the same way that other drugs were in the hospital. It was easily accessible. Overdosing on insulin is not a pleasant way to go. So it's not like they would have a peaceful death. It was like a shock to the system. And I think a couple times the other nurses managed to revive, bring back a couple patients, or they they would have died. So I don't think all of her victims had died. At least eight of them did. She had confessed later that she would get a laughing feeling inside of her when she would do this. Oh my god. Yeah, creepy. She had told a few people about these killings, but they either just didn't believe her or thought she was just a weirdo. Like who? Who? Just, yeah, people in her daily life, but no one really took it seriously, I guess because she was just mentally you think it's because she's a woman too that it's not maybe like a serial killer isn't typically yeah she doesn't she does not look like a serial killer Hmm. she's like short like a little bob haircut she's overweight and she just looks like a nice little not old but not your typical little lady yeah she also confessed to her pastor and a lawyer and neither of them said anything to the police. I think no one believed her. She had no credibility or something. Yeah, wow. which is weird because it's probably because of the mental health thing, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, but if you like if you were going to therapy and you told your therapist that, they are obligated to tell the police. Yes. Yep. Right? So you think a I lawyer would or a a lawyer for sure or a pastor a like pastor. someone you're confessing to maybe a lawyer can't but a pastor i think could i think if i think the general rule is if you're inflicting harm to yourself or others they have to report it don't right. they Right, that makes sense, yeah. So in 2014, she was fired from Caressant Care for administering the wrong medication. So it wasn't even, like, no one was catching on to this. And then she, apparently she made some sexual advances at some of the student nurses. But anyways, they fired her. And then she began working part-time at other facilities and patient homes. Here she injected three more people with insulin, killing only one of them. She continued to go to therapy, and her psychiatrist prescribed her two drugs. One for OCD and depression, and the other was an antipsychotic. So I think her conditions were getting worse. And I think she just, yeah, she had a lot of pent-up anger and resentment and obviously self-doubt and all the other issues from her childhood. And these medications didn't help her. So on September 16th, 2016, she entered herself into a drug rehabilitation program at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. She had realized that she needed help. And part of her thought process was that it was either the devil that was working inside of her or part of it she thought she was God, like doing God's work. Mm. So it was these people's time to go. And and the antipsychotic did not help her. No. Wow. So while she was in this uh, rehabilitation center, she basically wrote a confession letter. She had told a bunch of the nurses about everything, and then they were obligated to tell the police. So finally, someone said something to the police. She called an investigator and had the staff fax the four-page confession. In October 2016, she admitted to her crimes and was charged with eight counts of murder. In January 2017, six more 
more charges were added, four counts of attempted murder and two counts of aggravated assault. Wow. There's actually a two-hour confession video on YouTube. It's like the police officer talking and her openly discussing everything. Mm -hmm. Um, She's very open about it and answers all the questions. I watched little clips of it. But if, yeah, if you want to watch the full video, it's there. It's quite disturbing. She's she's doing the right thing. She decided, okay. Or did she also, because she believed she was doing God's work or whatever, that it, she was kind of separated from the guilt of it? Like she's... Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, she doesn't... There's she no remorse. Go to was, there any, was there any remorse in her video? I, there is. There oh, is really? Remorse. Okay. Yeah, there is remorse. Hmm. She confesses to hearing voices in her head. So she must have also been schizophrenic. She was very unstable and had many mental illnesses, fear of abandonment, impulsiveness, and anger issues, and a serious drug addiction. She was also diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. I wonder how different her life would have been had she been raised by supportive, caring parents instead of how she was raised. Was that all the difference? Honestly, I think so, because I think she had a lot of anger and resentment inside her, and she was taking it out on these weak and vulnerable people because she had needed an outlet. Hmm. That's what I that's what I think. What do you think? Well, I think her how she was raised seriously affected her development and her mental health and then her mental health just, you know, escalated downhill and then mm-hmm. I don't know it progressed into what you said schizophrenia and BPD and what else did she have? Antisocial personality disorder. I don't even know what that is, but yeah, so then I don't think she was really it's not like it was she wasn't even herself anymore whoever that is. Like she She was someone else. That's sad. It is very sad. The families of the victims gave impact statements during her trial. She was convicted of eight consecutive life sentences with no possibility of parole for 25 years. So they didn't, she wasn't like innocent by reason of insanity? No, because I think she just openly confessed and she gave detailed accounts of of all the murders. Wow, yeah. I think there was a family that wanted initially the uh, the first victim. He was only there for eight days before he died, so they were like something's up and they wanted to do an autopsy but because they're old he's like 84 they're like there's no point like he just died of natural causes and I think that's why she got away with it because a lot of these old people already had so many health problems like dementia you know a 95 year old woman yeah so they just didn't question it it's so sad though to live your whole life to get to that point and then someone takes you out like that like for sure and also if she didn't come forward and confess she probably never would have got caught nope wow at least she did that then one right thing i think so that's the only really good thing about this is that she came forward. But apparently there was about another hundred or so people that died during the time that she worked at this care facility. So there's speculation that she killed more than eight people. But when I, when they questioned her about it, she was pretty adamant that she didn't. So people were unsure. Like mm. there could have been a lot more victims. But she seemed pretty honest about it. So... It's hard to know. And she viewed it as putting people out of their misery. Yeah, but it's not even an easy way to go. Like you said, it's not a, it's not a simple death. Mm-hmm. So that's, doesn't, that doesn't really line up. 
Well, it's it's like it's not up to her to decide when to take someone's life. And I think a few of the victims were really they were hard people to deal with. They were irate. But that's comes with the territory working in a place like that. So she thought maybe she was like doing everyone a favor by taking this person out. That was kind of hard to deal with. So I guess she justified it in her own mind, however she wanted to. And she was just taking her anger out. Is, is what I gathered from the podcast I listened to, and that's what they decided as well. So, yeah, that is uh, that is the story of, of Elizabeth Wildflower. <laughs> Wild Loafer, Wet Loafer. Wet Loafer. That's really interesting. I, I did, I was aware of the story, but not to that extent. No, that was really good, kids. Yeah, it's quite recent, too. Yeah. I, did, I, had, I hadn't heard about anything of it at all. Um, so I got my information from this YouTuber channel called The Chapter. He's really good. He does a lot of true crime stories in like 20 minutes. So if you just want like a quick little fix, sun- fix. <laughs> yeah. um, he's great. He's quite funny too. Uh, Dark Poutine podcast episode 23 and Wikipedia. Well done, friend. Thank you. Oh, thanks. That's it. That's it, guys. That's it. Stop. Press we're stop. stopping. Yeah, we're press, done. Press stop. We're done here. It's over. Why are you still here? I don't know. Maybe you want to end with something. I'm just joking. I meant. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Should we um, should we do uh, like a something back from back in the day? We already did a rock paper snacks. M- make this sound. I you know I can't do this. Do you it. do this. Make this sound. Clunk clink. <laughs> I can't do it. Make this sound. <laughs> That was good. Was it? Yeah. Your turn. Make this sound. <laughs> Stupid. Okay, let's end it here. Let these guys I'm going to make bed. one last sound. Me eating an all-dressed chip. Ew. Kezia, I can what? hear you digesting that <laughs> in my ears. Okay, love you guys. Bye. Bye.